0: Okay, good evening. Broadcasting live, September 24th. And I want to apologize. um, Today, this morning, I came on to try to have an interview with a meditator. And we found out that the server, the default server for this neat direct video thing without any software or plugins, and the server was insufficient because it's a test server that they were running for us. So this morning, I am no idea what I'm doing, but following what limited instructions there are, I think I managed to set up a node.js server, and I don't really know what that means, but it's up and we've sort of got it to work but i missed appointments today so i apologize for that i really these appointments to me are really important because this is the core of what we're doing this is really intensive this is where real benefit comes from one-on-one instruction so i'm really promoting these this is um, you know better than listening to talks watching youtube videos I mean, that's all great, but having one-on-one instruction goes, takes it to the next level. It's easy for all of us. It's not like it's a difficult thing to do. And it's, it's a huge step in, in terms of encouragement and the intensive, the level of de- dedication to the practice. So I do want to, please don't be discouraged for those of you who haven't been able to get it to work. Please try to have a webcam and a microphone and headphones. Try to not use speakers if possible. So we should all be wearing something just because it echoes otherwise. It's not a perfect system. Um, You need a fairly good bandwidth. I'll try to figure out. I think now that we've got our own server, we can work on reducing the requirements Reducing the bandwidth, you know, the amount of, of data that is sent somehow. And you have to be meditating. So it's not just, hey, I want to talk to the monk, so I'll sign up. Please don't do that because you're taking uh, space and I can't verify mm, without putting like some kind of requirement for, you know, I'd like to check how much meditation you've been doing on our website. Can't quite tell. I mean, right now it doesn't check, so it's an honor system. But if you haven't been meditating, this isn't for you. This is for people who are doing at least an hour a day, I would say. Hopefully, two hours a day if you have the time. More if you have the time, for sure. There's some people, some of the people I've talked to so far, I'm doing some days seven, eight hours a day, which is just awesome. But we are the other problem with it, I suppose, is there are a limited number of slots and we're fairly full. Oh, someone pulled out. Sven, I think. Did he move or just pull out? Oh no, he moved to Saturday. Wasn't Saturday already taken? Something's changed. Anyway, we're filling up there's still a couple of morning slots and a couple of afternoon slots i don't know why things have become available somewhat strange anyway that's that today nothing to report today oh we had a visitor today and we have two meditators here it just made me think that people are actually coming you know some people have come in the evening to practice i think coming sort of thinking there's going to be more like maybe i would guide them through a meditation but it's not really like that you know if you come here well you come here and you meditate and i meditate and that's it you know it's, if you come here and you want to talk that's fine but it's not so much about the talking as about the doing and the, you know, the, the biggest occupation should be the meditation. It shouldn't be listening to talks, watching YouTube videos, chatting with a teacher. The biggest activity should be, you know being mindful, being secluded. I like my there's a new definition of seclusion, secluding, isolating the, the moment, becoming secluded in the present moment. So your mind is is uh, is exclusively in the present moment, being alone in the sense of having only the present moment, not and not any other moment, not more than one moment in your in your attention, only now and only here, so not just time wise but space wise. Mm. So today we have a quote actually a story maybe i'll just talk about the story it's a story about monkeys and human no it's a story about monkeys so there are these monkeys who get stuck in traps in the west we have the story of uh, brer rabbit you ever heard the story of brer rabbit robin yes yeah. and uh, they make the the tar the tar buddy or something like that what's it called tar baby and so they make make this this figure like a snowman but they make it out of tar and brer rabbit's kind of this snarky rabbit and the wolves make this tar baby and and brer rabbit comes up to the tar baby and starts um, talking to it and the tar baby doesn't answer so he, he 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 gives he punches it and when he punches it his hand gets stuck and then in trying to free his hand he uses his other hand and gets that stuck eventually he gets completely stuck and then he's uh, at the mercy of the wolves something like that so this is monkey um they do this to mice these days if you know these they have these glue pads that you put or you put out. it's you know it's incredibly cruel Probably, I think, undoubtedly more so than a mousetrap, which is relatively humane as far as murder goes. Comparatively humane, because they have these glue traps where you just put a little square of glue on the floor somewhere where the mice go, and when they walk on it, their first their paw gets stuck, and then their other paw gets stuck, and then they try to get themselves off, and then their nose gets stuck, and then they suffocate or i don't know what happens next i guess they just starve to death they get stuck there and then i had a friend once whose roommate tried to get him to get rid of it and he was a practicing meditator so he was trying to free it from his glue trap and he couldn't find a way to free it and it was just awful yeah so that's the story here, and the Buddha uses this as an analogy to uh, roaming in the domain of another. But there's a there's a broader context to really understand what the Buddha is talking here. There's a better story, actually. I'm not. Um, this isn't the one that is most familiar to me. I know this story, but the, the more common story that we hear is the story of this quail. And the story of the quail is, I mean, I guess this story is about traps. So there is a trap set, and if you go outside of your 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 zone, you go outside of where you should be, right? So you have these monkeys that live in the forest, and when they live in the forest, they're fine. But when they go into the farmer's fields to get crops, the farmers will shoot them and kill them and will trap them in, in this way big thing in in countries where monkeys live because well farmers are stingy and jealous and want to keep all the food for themselves and not share with the with their lesser less fortunate cousins the monkeys monkeys are kind of neat they're like almost humans and i think that's a fair label because they don't really have the intelligence of humans but they have some intelligence and they'll sit there and look at you and and if you come close they'll bear their teeth at you but uh, you, you know you can get them friendly enough so that they'll take they'll take uh, bananas from you you can get them really really comfortable with you over time so that they'll take it from your hand and Even so, that they'll climb all over you, trying to get at whatever you have. But then they can get dangerous because they're not very moral, and they'll bite you. And they have rabies, and they'll steal everything from your if they can get into if they figure out that you're completely harmless. (laughs) If they they if they somehow come to realize, hey, these Buddhist monks are not going to hurt us. They'll steal your robes. Um, Another thing I've heard is that if you're mean to them. They'll be mean back. Like there was a monk who was really chasing, always chasing the monkeys away with a stick and throwing things at them and so on. And so they stole his robe and they brought it way up to the top of the tree once. So maybe a little bit smarter than we give them credit for. Interesting group of interesting animals. But, okay, so the, the idea is to stay within your, your realm. So there's this quail and this bird, sort of one of these fat birds that, they, that hunters like to hunt and birds of prey like to prey upon. And so this, this bird once decided, oh, maybe I'll go outside. So its, it's if land was hilly and it could hide, hide behind these hills and duck into holes and so on behind rocks and that kind of thing but then it went out onto the plains thinking oh there'll be better food out there but when it got onto the plains an eagle swooped down and caught it and when the eagle swooped down it, it lamented that oh if only I had stayed in my domain stayed within my homeland where there's all these rocks and crags and so on there's no way the, this eagle could have caught me and the eagle heard it I mean, so this is kind of a legend right? The eagle heard it and and said, What are you talking about? I could catch you anywhere. And the quail says, No, you couldn't. There's no way. And so the eagle brought him back to his land and dropped him, dropped the quail, and then flew back up and said, I'm gonna get you now. And and it dove down to get the, the quail. And then the quail ducked behind a rock, and the eagle smashed its beak on the rock. And the Buddha says, In the same way, O monks, if you stray into the more um, they call opulent right the more uh, pleasurable realms the realms where, where sense gratification if you, if you stray into them and you dwell in them then mara will catch you you'll be caught up with evil mara is evil so what does it mean evil it means well you'll get caught up in suffering you'll have uh, dissatisfaction when you don't get what you want you'll have anger when people challenge what you want challenge your, your pleasure you'll have evil wishes in the sense that you'll want to do things that cause suffering for others in order to make yourself happy and you'll want to do things that cause yourself suffering thinking that it's somehow going to make you happy kind sort of thing and so he said stay within your domain and the awesome thing about this from our point of view is sort of the validation of our practice because what does he say is your domain the four foundations of mindfulness this is our domain and there's no better i mean you can't get get better or more clear than that the buddha is giving a clear injunction as to what is our realm stay within the four satipatthana that is our realm anyone who doubts the importance of the satipatthana or the central role that they have to play in our practice so what does that mean it's like this this talk about isolation when you isolate the present moment and you're not going to the past or the future but the but on, on a more precise level or more precisely it means staying in reality The four satipatthana are our domain because they describe in one way reality and in a practical way. They give us a practical means of um, dwelling rooted in reality. Like the Buddha said, like grass, if it it has roots in the ground, it stays green. But when you cut the grass and it's separated from its roots, it wilts it withers. He said in the same way, When your mind is not uh, rooted in reality, rooted in the present moment here and now, which is real, in the past or in the future, it withers up and dies like this kind of grass, like grass that's been cut. So the satipatthana are what keep us grounded in in reality and, and it's because it's so simple. You see, you lose all the complexity and abstract thought the whole idea of, of even the world around us, you know, the, even this, the next room or downstairs or upstairs, and these ideas require mental thought. I mean, how much computational power does it require just to think about something that you're not experiencing? Compare that to the very minor, minor, simple. Um, basic requirement to to experience right when seeing is just seeing and hearing is just hearing you think in terms of computational power right Or think in terms of computers our brain how little effort is needed to know something this is this but people think oh it's such a chore to have to say rising falling or stepping right stepping left or seeing or hearing it's ridiculous really i mean we put so much computational power into thinking this is good, this is bad, this is me, this is mine. How can I get it? How can I keep it? How can I chase it away? How can I prevent it? Back and forth, constantly, constantly. And interpreting things and examining them and investigating them, it's quite tiresome. As opposed to just seeing that. What is it seeing? Hearing. A thought that is absolutely the simplest thought you can have about something. is It is what it is. So that's why it and it's and it's invincible. It's this idea of being free. You can't be trapped. Uh, the meaning is you you can't suffer. You 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 are invincible. So any pain or suffering or any uh, um, any enticement that might come from the world loses its power. It has no power over you. Any trick, any Delusion, illusion, can't trick you because you see it for what it is. You see it simply or objective, and there's no opportunity for uh, delusion or confusion or attachment or aversion. So it's a very, it's an awesome idea that the Buddha says at the end here. What is your domain, your natural territory? It is the four foundations of mindfulness gochara, gochara means pasture gochara is, uh, because go is go is a cow and jara is a place where someone goes or, or the going or the faring or the um, sort of the area in which one um, acts or one lives so gochara means the place of a cow really yeah. but it, the word has evolved to mean pasture mean one's realm or domain but the, the Buddha talked about gochara and agochara agochara means that which is outside the pasture right so the cows had to be kept in the pen so in ancient in the beginning it simply referred to the place where the cows are kept as opposed to where you don't let the cows wander and so the the idiomatic meaning as the language evolved was what is proper you know, where you should be and where you shouldn't be. So agochara is like a brothel, a place that is you know outside of where you should be. A brothel or a bar or a gambling, a casino, that kind of thing. These are all considered agochara. And for monks, there are a lot more agochara. You shouldn't be, if you're a male monk, you shouldn't be in closest association with, with female monks, for example. Or widows. <laughs> Yeah, uh, unmarried women, that kind of thing. I mean, means not get too close. Bars and that kind of things are a gochera. So, do we have any questions today?
1: We do. Is it better to note the effects of being tired like drooping eyelids and feelings in the body or just tired, tired, tired?
0: Tired is more important, but you can note the others as just feeling. I wouldn't try to get too specific. But if you have a feeling associated with the tiredness, like a heaviness or a um, stiffness or so on, you can note feeling, feeling.
1: And Joshua, who asked, that must have been very tired because a minute after that he signed off and said good night. So maybe
0: it happens. Maybe it, a, what country are they in? Uh,
1: Joshua yeah. in Canada. Yeah, he—he's oh, yeah, he, uh, yeah. the person who came to um, your celebration. Right. Um, regarding the meetings, the yeah. uh, online meditation meditation meetings if a person doesn't have a camera is it okay to sign up without one
0: i'd prefer if you have a camera um you know i mean we're stretching it already by not meeting in person but it's much easier to get a sense of where you're at if i can see you when we talk like just having a voice it's it's possible but it's harder to really get a sense of who you are and where you're at The meaning behind the things you say, you know, if you can see the person, you can really get a sense of what they're saying and how they're feeling and their condition.
1: Sorry, I was just going to ask, has anyone signed on with a phone to to those type of meetings yet?
0: I'm pretty sure that in Android, both Chrome and Firefox will work. On
1: a phone, because a phone.
0: But I'm pretty sure they will work
1: yeah and a phone would typically have a, a camera the camera on it so that might be a way of not having to actually go out and purchase a webcam
0: i mean i don't think of simple how much is a simple webcam i mean i guess for some people
1: yeah i think i think the simple ones are as low as 20 dollars or so
0: yeah i mean if 20 dollars yeah. isn't a big deal i would recommend it because
1: yeah um,
0: it helps us out
1: yeah simple webcam about 20 and simple um simple headset about 20 as well I'm not quite understanding how the Four Foundations are used during meditation. The moment attention moves away to a thought or feeling.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, when, when meditation goes to a thought, you will say thinking, thinking. When it goes to a feeling, you'll say feeling, feeling. Have you read my booklet? I mean, it's not that complicated, I hope. A sutta study on the satipatthana, it's really that difficult? I thought it was pretty self-explanatory.
1: Maybe an example of each would help.
0: I mean, is there something lacking in the booklet? Because that's important to address.
1: I understood, but...
0: I know people have said they have to read it a couple of times before they realize, oh, he really means we should say feeling, feeling, thinking. Because the first time you're not expecting that, so you're just reading it and taking in the information passively. And the second time around you say, oh, wait, oh, I'm supposed to actually be doing this.
1: Yeah, I've read the booklet several times. And each time I find stuff that I didn't notice the first few times.
0: That's good to hear. Another very long list of meditators. So, no? I oh, want a good yeah. number of logged-in people. 37 viewers on youtube i mean for a daily stream this is pretty awesome and it just is. the ability to do this every day right and have i think one complaint people will have is like i don't want to watch a one hour video or for only half an hour today but yeah. i would like to keep them shorter i suppose i don't know i mean i think some people will be like why are the we want shorter videos that are more meaty right like a lot of this is a bit relaxed slow going people don't have the time to spend an hour well
1: if the first part is you know more focused on the the dhamma quote and the stories you know Mm -hmm. the story and the dhamma talk and the second part is just more relaxed because you know the the other part is we're building a community here and Mm -hmm. people are joining all the time Mm -hmm. and um you know finding out what you're doing where you're located you know how to be a part of that community um yeah
0: yeah, no, and it's nice. Um, so it's nice to have this live every day for sure. That's the best yeah. part of it. Yeah. building the community.
1: So people can probably tell when it starts to get a little more relaxed and sign off at that time until the next Dhamma talk if they're pressed for time. So Madi tried using his Android and can see the feed but can't see others, so he must be in the in the general lounge.
0: All I see is black boxes where their feeds should be. Well, I mean, is that since today? Because today everything's changed. It might work better today. The black boxes thing I think was an issue for not just Android but also computers.
1: Yeah, I was seeing the black boxes yesterday on PC.
0: But we can try again tonight. We can go back to the general room. Because yeah. the thing is, someone, the two people today were wondering why they couldn't see each other if you have an appointment booked you get a special room code that's custom tailored to your username and time it's a, it, it's created based on on specific to your time and and username so no one else knows it it comes to me and it comes to the user it comes to me because i'm an administrator and because i need the i need the link um but only we get that special code that puts us in a special room So every person will have a different code and every um, slot for every person. So if you change slots, you'll have a new code. Um, It's just a way of of, keeping people from getting into the wrong rooms. Um, But if you go to the general room, there's a link to, I think I've changed the text. I don't know what it says now. It says, click here to enter the public meeting room, not for one-on-one sessions um that puts you in a meeting called general i think Um, and there everyone can go in so there you will see each other but if you go into your specific room that was created for you which will only appear during the time of your appointment it appears in a yellow box that puts you in a room where only i can enter and you only me and you can enter
1: so that sounds like once it's working properly it, it is it very low maintenance on your end you don't have to set up things it's, or do you
0: No I don't set up anything the link shows up for me shows up for you we both click on the link and the magic occurs
1: So that's great because the other suggestion was to um to do hangouts or Skype but it sounds like the the other is very low maintenance no setup just I mean with Skype like you need
0: a, a, you need to invite each other there's more of yeah. a communication that has to go on and then they're using third-party software i mean skype is i think pretty simple and easy to use um somehow i'd rather use something less um with less requirements yeah if this works
1: yeah definitely getting getting that worked out would be awesome because uh we've got you know some other potential uses for it too, with our volunteer meetings and classes mm-hmm. and different things. If it if it worked out that way,
0: yeah. Well, maybe after the broadcast, now we can try going back into the room. Yeah. Put on their headsets and
1: sounds good. We have more questions now. I go to college in America. How can I be mindful during class?
0: Uh, you should read my booklet on how to meditate if you haven't already. If you have, then you just apply. And the, the the sixth sixth chapter in the book tries to address this, how to be mindful during daily life. So you apply those principles of watching the movements of the body, and your emotions, senses, seeing, hearing, and so on. But basically you apply the same techniques that you are been training yourself in. Um, in formal meditation, you apply them to your daily life.
1: Vante, sometimes my thoughts and feelings move so quickly, and though I do realize and try to know all of them, I am lagging to the point where I become overwhelmed in the attempt to note these things as they quickly pass along.
0: Yeah, you don't have to note everything. Oh, is there more?
1: There is, yeah. I'm not too sure if I'm hyper-aware, but slow. We're simply overthinking and overcomplicating the process.
0: You're Mahasi Sayada, one point, oh, there's more?
1: There is, is yeah. <laughs> Do you have any suggestions? I am obsessive compulsive.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um. Actually, there's more. The anticipation uh-huh. of anxiety and the judgment therein seems to immobilize progress. This is during meditation, of course.
0: Yeah, you don't have to note everything. And I mean, that's part of what meditation is designed to do, to help you overcome your obsessive-compulsive tendencies. So it's about acknowledging those tendencies, noting them. And if you're overwhelmed, you and the common thing is to say overwhelmed, overwhelmed. Just acknowledge that feeling. You can just say feeling, feeling. Knowing, knowing, knowing that you're overwhelmed. It's just the point is to stop it at the knowing so it doesn't go to the next step.
1: You're not trying to keep up with everything, like uh, like things coming down a conveyor belt and trying to, you no. Know, no, it's grab not every it's every single one. Not like,
0: it's not like one of those carnival games where if you hit all the ducks in the row, you get a prize. It's not like that. You miss something that you know it's gone already. Forget about it. Stay now here in the present, and it's more like maintaining a, a sort of a clarity of mind. The so Mahasi Sayada said, like noting once a second is good. Now that's awesome already, but any more than that, and it starts to get too complicated, it becomes a burden rather than a, a tool.
1: How do I know if I'm meditating correctly?
0: You'll be in the present moment, you will feel clarity of mind when you really get it and you really are able to do it and for that one moment. I mean, I guess in some sense, in that one moment, nothing will happen. And that's the point. Like, all of what happens um, will stop. You know, in that one moment, you'll just know something. And then if you do it again, you'll just know something. If you do it several times, you'll start to see things. You'll start to notice when you're not doing it. And the, the, the difference, you're going to be able to compare when you're mindful with when you're not mindful. How when you're not mindful, your mind is polluted and heavy burdened by defilement and when you are doing it your mind is pure and clear just aware and alert it's at peace it takes time you know to get this but not that much time you'll start to see all of the faults in your mind and you'll see them objectively and you'll just start discarding them start changing them changing your habit the general sense if you want to be a little more precise um it's the overcoming of greed anger and delusion so if you have less of these then you know you're practicing correctly but that's more over the long
1: term regarding the meetings is there an option for meeting in the android app
0: no the app doesn't have it yet so if i ever get around to it i'll it's not that difficult to, to put it in, but it's just a matter of time.
1: But a person could potentially sign in um, sign in through the the web browser of the their phone, right?
0: Browser on, on yeah. Phone. Yeah.
1: It's not doing that.
0: Because right I have to check. I have to actually. This morning, someone signed up and I didn't know it. So I checked. Oh, someone's new has signed up. I don't have any notification thing set up whereby I would know.
1: So you might be doing your meeting down at Tim Hortons there.
0: I just have to know. I mean, I'm just going to make sure I check before seven. But another thing is it's hard for me to get it in my, it's hard for me to set up a schedule like this, even school schedule. I find myself, oh yeah, I've got class today. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's hard to get back on a schedule, especially with so many things going on. And then now I've added in a slot every day, two slots every day. So sometimes during those times, I would be reading or you know talking to someone. But now I have to keep in mind those slots, which going to take some adjustments. So if I miss if I miss an appointment, it, I think it may happen. Uh, you'll have to forgive me.
1: Yeah, lots of changes to the schedule these last few weeks. The first chapters. Oh, I'm sorry, that's not a question. Which is saying the first chapters of the second book are great.
0: Well, oh, thank you. It's Tim, no?
1: That is Tim, yes. Thanks, Tim. Could you talk about your experience of remaining mindful during traveling, specifically at airports where there's lots of noise, movement, people staring at you, etc.?
0: I find the hardest thing in airports is the dizziness. It's kind of dizzying, and all oh, the I think big expanse is... Make you dizzy. You can note the dizzying. But apart from that, airports are pretty easy. Walking, walking, sitting, hearing. It's not like it's a carnival where there's I guess you know, the whole thing about being in public is keep your eyes down. You know, don't look around. Don't look at the the shops with all their awesome things in them. Gadgets and things that you don't need enticing you to buy things. Or note those, you know, more importantly.
1: Once you get on the plane, that seems to be a really good time to meditate. Yeah, not much else to especially do. Especially
0: because you're forced, and mm-hmm. forcing, being forced to do something is a really good way to help you let go. This is why listening to dhamma talks, when you're live dhamma talks and you're sitting in the crowd, because you can't just get up or move or turn it off or something, you're stuck. And when you're stuck, it's either go crazy or let go. And in the end, you have to let go, even when there's pain and so on. Like in Thailand, you can't even stretch your legs during a talk. And so there's a real formal uh, structure to it. You keep your legs bent all the time, and that's quite painful if you're not used to it.
1: Pante, would you have any objections to people coming from overseas to help with the monastery indefinitely? Would this be a complicated matter with lodging, etc.?
0: At this point, it kind of would be. I mean, we don't want to specify who can come and should come. But it might be adventitious to allow people to come on the short term as opposed to long term because it's one person benefits as opposed to many people benefiting. And the benefit probably is less when you're here over the long term unless you're intent on doing course after course after course. But if you're here to help, well, we don't really need the help and we can't really have lots of helpers living here. I think one is already one is already more than we can handle, actually. The best would be if I, if I was able to be here alone. I think that would be the best. Uh, because I don't really need... It's nice to have Aruna here, but I don't really need him and i think in the long run it's, we, we've only got a couple of rooms really nice to have those rooms for meditators so yeah we're not really in the position yet but i was thinking you know maybe soon maybe within a year or two we'll just have so much support that we'll decide let's get a big house you know maybe not i mean rent we could rent a big house there are quite a few big houses around the university because they rent them out to students and not only are they big houses but they're they're sick seg- they're separated they've you know built them to be lots of rooms because they want to be able to pack 10 students into a, a house you know we could rent one of those um, and i still think renting's best because there's no commitment and if, it ever, if the support ever dips or so on, we just say, well, well, we'll leave. We'll stop it. Then there's no push and stress to try and please donate, you know, help us. Hey, everyone, why aren't you donating? I don't want to get to that. Or charging money for courses, perish the thought. Um, so, but yeah, maybe that will happen. And then we'd have a real monastery. Like at this point, it's a, it's a one or two monk monastery, really.
1: It's a starter monastery.
0: Starter. This is our starter monastery.
1: Yes. But I'm, I'm sure anyone would be welcome to come in and do a course as opposed to staying forever, right?
0: Staying longer than a month, though so we may have to we may have to say no because we don't really have the room and there's lots of people who do want to come and stay and do courses. I mean, people can sleep four or five people in the basement, but, you know, we've only got two washrooms in the house, only one shower.
1: So it's a little early on for for a permanent steward. I think so, yeah. is looking forward to new Dhammapada videos.
0: Hmm. Who's going to make those, I wonder? Dhammapada videos. Yeah, I know, I'm still thinking about them. It just seems like I say, oh, well, it was just a busy week, but, well, it's pretty busy.
1: Bhante, do you have any suggestions for mindful, for being mindful during work? I feel like when I start noting what I feel, what I'm feeling, I get distracted by mindfulness. I can't concentrate on my work. Perhaps if I am involved in my work, it is being mindful itself.
0: Well, you're being mindful of your work, you could say, you know, mindfulness, the word sati is just just like what your focus is on. So the sati that we're looking for is focusing on the essence of reality. And you're right to say that that's probably going to get in the way of you doing your work because doing your work is probably a different activity unless it's purely physical labor. In which case, mindfulness is pretty easy to incorporate, which is a good argument in favor of having a job that is mindlessly physical. Mindless labor is just awesome for a meditator, right? It's the last job anyone wants, is probably the best job for a meditator, where you're doing like farming, maybe, although farming is other issues, but like tree planting was just great in in that sense, because it's just repetitive, mindless work factory work is probably i don't know what factory work is like it's probably horrible but to some extent great because it's repetitive you know if you get the kind of work that doesn't make you think that doesn't challenge you you know it's the opposite of what we're told find something that you're passionate about that challenges you that makes you think and so on you know i don't think so don't think that's um The best for a meditator but you know so you have the job that you have doesn't not to despair um, but you have to understand that working isn't all mindfulness you can't be perfectly mindful in most jobs you have to think you have to apply your mind focus your mind on concepts which immediately takes you out of the practice of insight
1: Do you feel it's feasible to be, you know, doing detail-oriented work where you really have to have your mind on that, but also noting emotions, feelings, or posture, or simple things?
0: Sure, but it's back and forth, you know. It's not constant. It can never get... I mean, you can still become enlightened. It's just going to be a lot slower. You're still still learning and you're avoiding the the bad emotions, but there's going to be still... It's hard to get rid of delusion pretty tough to get you know past Sotapanna level to become an anagami or an arahant would probably be difficult you know if not impossible
1: ryan's asking if anyone's actually done a meeting through their phone cameras yet do you know if the wi-fi would be fast enough to stream video so Hmm
0: oh wi-fi shouldn't be a problem unless you've got really slow wi-fi but it's it's you know it's a question of your your internet bandwidth it's not the no, Fi wi- wi-fi is usually wi-fi is much faster than yeah. uh internet bandwidth unless you got super blazing fast internet but it looks like the video is taking about 200 kilobytes per second both ways which is high so we could go lower but standard internet packages are usually sufficient for that it doesn't have anything to do with being on the phone or being on your computer for the most part i would think um anyway i can try on my phone check that out our internet here is pretty good is that all the questions so maybe a couple more
1: yeah you know There was a question there and it seemed to. Okay. It actually um, was a question asked 10 minutes ago, but you just answered it a couple of minutes ago. If I'm working a job that requires lots of thinking, is that bad? Should I change to a job that requires less thinking?
0: I mean, I'm giving an argument for it. You could probably find an argument against it. You know, a lot of people believe that it should be something that's meaningful. You know, your work should be dharmic. I kind of contest that because dhamma isn't something you should be making money off of so some people want to find a way to make livelihood through the dhamma it can be a bit of a conflict of interest right trying to benefit from teaching see monks kind of do that in the sense that it's understood that we are providing a benefit to lay people and lay people are providing a benefit to us because we are dedicated to being able to be, to being able to teach, and as a, in return, people feed us. But it's not direct, you know. It's not, it's not. We're not it's not charging for. You see, and that's where you really run into conflict of interest. Are you teaching the dhamma because you want to help the person, or are you teaching them because you want their money? And the the difficulty you'll have is in separating those two. When there's an expectation of money, it pollutes the intention to give, and and therefore colors the teaching. I would say. I mean, I've seen this where it really colors the teaching, and there's hints and and um, encouragement to donate to give money. Yeah, you know, well, someone's in a meditation course to talk to them about donation. It's I mean, I hear about people who will be getting into the later stages of their course where they're going into solitary confinement and they're like intently into it. And then suddenly, in the middle of this, they'll be asked to donate, you know, oh, we need money for this or that. And at, the, at their most vulnerable, really, you, you approach them. It's quite disconcerting, I would think, for a meditator to be approached. Anyway, don't mean to gossip or talk about it people but this kind of thing happens
1: so it's an interesting idea that a simple job is is better for your meditation practice
0: sorry i got a bit off track there but um definitely yes um for your own practice physical labor simple simple tasks something that just requires you to work
1: Maybe not try to get promoted, you know the mm. the ambition to get promoted or to have a more responsible job, Absolutely. maybe uh,
0: because the question is what is the money for, and what what do you really need it for? Yeah. So that, pr- promotions don't always or usually give you more free time. They just give you
1: less free time,
0: less free time usually, yeah. and more money. So that's going heading in the wrong direction, right? We want more free time, less money,
1: yes. <laughs> definitely
0: less possessions less wealth less less fixation on material comforts if you've got enough i mean if you really have your priorities set straight it's 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 not true i mean it's very difficult to live these days i hear horror stories Mm -hmm. the middle class is eroded and poverty is rampant and people are working long hours and still going hungry you know for these kind of things still having to choose between health insurance and food or something
1: and on the other end of that you know for for people that do get promotions i i see the executives at our company you know now with i mean with technology they work 24 hours a day i Mm -hmm. mean i I see people answering work emails at 10 11 o'clock at night you know yeah on the weekends there's Mm -hmm. there's no time off with that that sounds like me (laughs) yeah (laughs) but at least you enjoy your work (laughs)
0: Uh, yeah, I mean that's the thing. If you can, if you can work totally uh, removed, and that's I think the, to some extent the appeal of the university life, right? The university tries to do that in terms of you've paid your dues and now it's just all about studying, right? You do pay your dues, but um, you're you're given a chance to just learn, kind of thing. So it's I think the appeal of the university, but as a monk, this is the life this is how the monk, why the monk life was designed, was created how it was set up to provide you with a defensible situation where you can uh, act without having to be concerned about your livelihood it's defensible because you've given up so much you've given up luxury and and, um, you've given up wealth, you've given up romance you've given up
1: uh, family
0: family and because you 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 take as a default having nothing so going without food going without uh, the even necessities if necessary not expecting even the necessities of life but only taking them as a gift if they are given out of respect and, and appreciation but somewhat defensible.
1: What is the most expedient way to become a lay arahant?
0: What's the shortcut? Can you teach me how to just become an arahant? I mean, it's not a very fair question, is it?
1: Well, there's probably an answer to that.
0: Sure, I know, but where is this coming from? There's, uh, Asian Asian people just shake their head at Westerners and they say, you aim for the moon. We aim for the moon. One man said this to me, and he was totally off base, but he asked me why I became a monk, and I was getting tired of saying, well, I became a monk because I have faith in the Buddha, blah, 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 and giving some meaningless answer. I said, I became a monk because I want to attain Nibbana. And his eyes bulged, and he said, Nibbana, Nibbana. Oh, human beings can't attain nirvana. You Westerners, you aim for the moon. <laughs> and I said, Well, you know, we did go to the moon. <laughs> and he said, Oh, no, that was a, that was, and he, he had an answer for that. He said, that was, a, that was fake. We didn't actually go to the moon. That was all in Hollywood. Anyway, I'm pretty sure they did go to the moon.
1: I'm pretty sure they did
0: or could, you know, even if they didn't, it's not that, you know, it's not impossible. Um, but, you know, there is some some validity that, to that criticism, you know, why are you concerned about, here we are in kindergarten, it's like a kindergartner, I mean, I don't know you, maybe you're already highly advanced, but for most of us, we're kindergarteners, and we were concerned about getting our PhD. It's really kind of, that, that's what you're talking about here. Start with kindergarten, start with baby steps. And like Ajahn Chah said something like this, where, you know, don't try to become an arahant. Don't try to become anything. It's not about becoming anything. An arahant is a title, it's a label given, but the arahant doesn't go for being an arahant. They're called that by others, by, by those who know because they're worthy of respect but why is it there's a different meaning it's because they've cultivated wholesomeness and eradicated unwholesomeness so that's all we're doing is aiming for giving those up i mean the the the, a more honest answer would just be the four satipatthana the four foundations of mindfulness the buddha said if you practice them for seven years you'll become an arahant or if there's, if there's something getting in your way, some obstruction, at the very least you'll become an anagami. He said, hey, heck, forget about that. If you practice them sincerely for seven days, you'll become at least an anagami.
1: Is being an artist against the precepts?
0: Not the five precepts, maybe the eight precepts. Probably you could argue it's against the eight precepts. i mean it's that's kind of kind of uh gray area even for monks as you know there are some things you could you could like draw a picture of the buddha maybe you could say well that's for thinking about the buddha but if art is to create beauty absolutely beauty is a problem beauty goes against the teachings because beauty is um, is based on liking something. And when you like something, it creates addiction. It might just be a small addiction, but beauty itself is rejected. And it's, sorry. Anyway, and with that, I think I'll quit for tonight.
1: Thank you, Bhante.
0: Thank you, Robin. See you all tomorrow oh um tomorrow's friday i don't think we we're, were we haven't forgotten about this uh inviting people on here to talk but we just don't have anyone yet we have a couple of people lined up for october so we'll wait and see how that turns out
1: and one for i think um actually november late november
0: We'll see. We'll just keep it on, you know, on the back burner. If someone, if we happen to find someone, hey, let's bring this person on, then we'll just bring them on. But we won't try and do it every week. Anyway, see you tomorrow.
1: Good night. Good night.